Good morning and good afternoon to you, Scott, uh, near Toronto. And Edie is on the other coast of Canada in Vancouver. And, uh, and Scott Tyler is uh, the other side of the moon in Salinas. So we've got, <laughs> we've got an intergalactic uh, uh, crew today. So today, of course, is a special day. Today is officially Rohatsu, which means December 8. <laughs> and, uh, and our school, the Soto Shu, has uh, decided that this is Buddha's Enlightenment Day. So um, I'll, I'll quote a little bit from, um, maybe quite a bit from the, the, the life of Buddha. It's outlined in the Lalita Vistara Sutra, uh, which means the play in full, the whole exposition. It's a, a Chinese sutra, back translated into a, into Sanskrit, I believe, a Mahayana Sutra, about 500 pages long, where the Buddha tells the story of his life. And I bring it out twice a year for his, his enlightenment and his, um, and his birth. Uh, and it's, a, it's quite a lively, colorful sutra. It's called the play in full because uh, the Buddha's life is thought of as this dream that was enacted so that um, us dreamers can be liberated. So he told the story of the, the play, the Broadway musical maybe, of Buddha's life so that those of us that were dreaming along together would, could, be, could wake up into the true reality, the one consciousness, the one heart of Buddha. And um, it starts off with Buddha up in Tushita heaven with all the other Buddhas and Bodhisattvas. And they're uh, giving him kind of a going away party because he's gonna go down and be born as a human. And they're all saying goodbye and Buddha's saying, yep, it's about time for me to become a human now. And, uh, and then it starts off with, uh, with uh, fortune tellers telling Buddha's mother that, uh, that um, the child that she's going to have is, is going to be a Buddha who goes through his whole life and ends, uh, ends with his awakening and his first teachings. So it's a lively, it's a lively uh, play. It's a lively exposition, uh, a lively recounting of the dream of Buddha's life. 
Maybe I'll open it up right now. And uh, it's available for all beings as a PDF. And uh, it's quite a remarkable read. It'll, um, this should be a little livelier than yesterday's talk. That talk about the charnel ground was a real downer. Um, uh, uh, in the Lankavitara Sutra, or no, in the um, Lalita Vistara Sutra here, maybe I'll find it, read. Um, Buddha has been, as you might remember, when he's sitting under the Bodhi tree, the tempter Mara comes and tries to, to tempt him away from becoming a Buddha. And um, the Buddha is able to uh, resist all temptation. And uh, the text calls the Buddha the bliss gone one. Uh, he doesn't indulge in everyday bliss. And so that was what was going on yesterday. I was the bliss gone one and uh, stuck in the charnel ground. But today will be a little livelier. Um, Just hit a very important piece of paper that has all my page numbers on it. That's a shame. I'll just play it by ear. Is it? No, no, I, 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 I put it in here and just a minute ago. Oh, oh, here it is, here it is. Let's save. Let's save. Um, so, uh, just prior, at some point, you know, Buddha leaves the palace where he grew up as a young man and becomes kind of a wandering monk for six years. And he's very good at meditation. He's a good, he's a good monk, uh, a very thoughtful monk, but he doesn't feel like, like he's getting it. He doesn't feel like he's really understanding the relationship uh, of humans this universe. And um, so, uh, so he says, I'm, I'm going to work on this. And he does it a long period of austerities, which is the tradition of the day, not eating, not sleeping, um, a whole variety of, of things to sort of deny 
any kind of desire in the body is a way of maybe he'll maybe he'll wake up that way. And he just he says to himself, that's this isn't working either. And that's where I'll start. So that's not it either. So uh, he's just stopping his uh, austerities. People have been following him. They know he was a great monk, a great meditator. Um, people were following him and they were actually asking him, um, uh, you know, this isn't working. You're, you're looking horrible. You're looking very emaciated. There are statues of the Buddha, um, the emaciated Buddha. Um, and his followers were, were saying, um, uh, you've got to start eating something. Uh, you've got to do this in a different way. Um, and uh, He stops, he meets Sujata on page 199. Um, that's not what I'm finding here. I'm sorry. Okay. Afterward, and, and the Buddha was still a bodhisattva at this point. He hadn't been awakened as a Buddha yet. Afterward, the bodhisattva felt tired and wanted to step out of the pond that he was bathing himself um, and starting to drink water. However, Mara, the tempter, the evil one, felt jealous and magically raised the edge of the pond so it was harder to get out. Um, uh, in order to follow the worldly custom and to please um, the gods, the bodhisattva called out to the god of the tree, please lower one of your branches. The goddess of the tree lowered the branch so that the bodhisattva could grasp it, and he was lifted out of this pond, um, foiling Mara once again. Today, this place is still known as the sewing of the dusty rags. Um, oh, oh, so once he was out, he, he, he put together some, some rags to, so to clothe himself. And that's why it's called the, the place of the sewing of the dusty rags. Um, at midnight, the gods, announced the following to Sujata. You know, we chant Sujata's name. She's one of our female ancestors. Uh, Acharya Sujata. 
Um, and uh, she had been paying attention and she hoped that when the Buddha would start to eat and drink that she'd be able to offer him some food. Um, so, um, someone tells her, the one for whom you have been making offerings has relaxed his discipline and decided that he will once again eat nourishing and solid food. And so uh, Sujata, a farmer's daughter, heard these words and quickly gathered the milk of a thousand cows. Seven times she skimmed the cream from the milk until it obtained a thick strength-giving cream. Then she poured the cream into a clay pot, mixed it with the freshest rice, and placed it on a brand new stove. As the milk porridge was cooking, various omens manifested. Within the milk, there appeared contours of an endless knot, um, a lotus, and other auspicious signs. Upon seeing this, Sujata said, the appearance of these signs surely means that the Bodhisattva will now take the food and obtain unexcelled, perfect, complete awakening. Um, so she is able to give him the porridge, this, this cream and honey and milk porridge. Um, what did we have for breakfast this morning, Charlie? White rice, sweet white rice. Yeah, did it have anything? Did it have? Did it have honey in it? No. It was pretty sweet, though. It had agave. Agave, the the, the honey of the and sugar and sugar exactly. and spice and spices and 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 uh, did it have the cream of a thousand cows? Uh, in the form of almond milk. <laughs> so, so I knew I knew that that tastes familiar. Um, uh, so the the Bodhisattva Buddha, the Bodhisattva Shakyamuni, ate the the sweet rice pudding, and um, was very thankful. Uh, she served it to him in a golden bowl, and and he said, "Here's here's your bowl, Sujata." Uh, what should I do with this golden bowl, he said. She replied, please take it with you. The Bodhisattva Shakyamuni said, I don't need a bowl. Uh, well then, she said, do as you please, but I do not give food to anybody without giving it to them in a bowl. <laughs> so uh, she was bound and determined that he would carry that golden bowl, and he then took it wisely so 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 um and then of course um sujata became one of buddha's disciples um and and uh and that's what how why we remember her in our uh, chanting of our ancestors um and um, you know, there's a little um, place 
Great, great, great. Um, if you weren't able to hear that, um, uh, um, Yara was saying on her visit, uh, Sujata has a has a homestead that, that where they remember her that, that Yara visited on her trip to. Yes. Um, so then the Buddha goes to the Bodhi tree. Um, to the um, it's called uh, uh, a pla the Bodhi Manda, the place of awakening, and um, apparently Bodhisattvas from many for many eons had gone to this same place um, to uh, attain unsurpassed, complete, perfect enlightenment. So this uh, was a place, a destination that uh, the Buddha was sent. And uh, and uh, he sits down on the first day of his meditation and he's visited almost immediately by the tempter, Mara. Mara, Mara is, a, is a man, is a man's name. Um, and, and, and Mara sends a group of women to tempt him. Uh, go back. And um, Uh, and the Buddha is able to reject their temptations. Uh, and he says, I will be the master of the three realms venerated by gods and humans. I will be a king who travels by the wheel of Dharma and endowed with 10 powers, a million seekers and those with no more need for learning will always bow to me. Because I enjoy the Dharma, I no longer seek joyful objects. So he's able to, to uh, uh, bring his love for the Dharma ahead of his love for um, physical pleasures. He says, desire is ephemeral, is ephemeral like dew on the tip of a grass or like autumn clouds. Desire is terrifying like the wrath of the dragon people. Shakya, the gods in heaven free from strife and the gods in the heaven of joy all fall under the sway of Mara. Desire plagues all ignoble ones. So how could anyone rejoice in that? So he and the, the group of women sent to entice him have this dialogue about uh, physical desires. And the, that's the gist of his answers. Um, and then, when the, they realize that 
he's not going to fall sway to physical desires. Mara gets tough. Um, Mara sends his armies to just get rid of the Buddha, of Shakyamuni. They gathered like clouds from the four directions, roaring and raining down bolts of lightning, iron balls, swords, spears, sharp axes, and poisoned arrows. They shattered the earth's surfaces and pulverized trees. Some had 100 hands and shot 100 arrows from their mouths. They shot out poisonous snakes and fire while seizing crocodiles and other aquatic creatures from the ocean, some transformed into garudas and pounced at the snakes. Infuriated, some hurled iron balls the size of Mount Meru, as well as blazing mountain peaks. Hitting the ground, they made the earth quake and stirred up the underground masses of water. So he's just throwing all the storms and lightning. And let me see if I can end this part with his reply. Um, As he witnessed this army of demons, ugly with unnatural forms, this pure being understood that they were like an illusion. Buddha said, or the Bodhisattva Shakyamuni said, there is no Mara here, no army, no being, and also no self. Like the moon reflected in a pond, so does this refold universe re revolve. There is no I, no person, no self. There is no ear, no nose, no tongue, no body. No one created these phenomena and no one experiences them. They arise in dependency and are empty both within and without. So here's, you know, maybe the first teaching of uh, of emptiness, of uh, that uh, the Buddha, not yet even a Buddha, is able to say this is all an illusion. This is all an exposition that that we probably go through every day. I, I've certainly got temptations every day in my life uh, that uh, I move towards. Sometimes I'm able to move back and find a place of balance. Um, so so uh, uh, when, when, we, when we were doing our study of mindfulness in those first few years I was here, uh, Edie was here with us, uh, sitting in, right in this room. 
uh, with Catherine teaching about mindfulness, we, uh, we looked at, at desire mainly around food and just kind of watched, watched that desire come and go. Uh, so that we so that we knew that you know most of most of this that I'm feeling is I've made it up in my head, and when I see that this is an illusion, I can let that I can let that thought go. We weren't supposed to not eat; we were just supposed to remember that when uh, when desire comes up, just kind of watch it for a while. Uh, see see whether this uh, moving towards this desire is towards the direction of saving all beings and liberation from suffering. And if not, we just have the confidence with our with our practice of mindfulness that this desire is gonna is gonna um, float through uh, like a cloud. Through, through an empty sky, as Uchiyama Roshi said. So, so the Buddha, even before he was a Buddha, was teaching this ephemeral, ephemeral illusory nature of, of desire. Yes, yes. yes. So, for example, Well, um, you, you know, like with like um, making friends. No, I mean connecting to other people, but also whatever you perceive as outside. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's a, I think that's a inherent desire. I don't know. Yeah, good. So, so if you weren't able to hear that, uh, a desire for connection is what Rene was talking about. And the first thought that comes up is, you know, as bodhisattvas, we, uh, we are remembering again and again that there isn't that outside, that, um, that consciousness is arising now uh, with many bodies, many people, and can I, and naturally we're, we're joyful that we're already uh, not separate. And we can, we can um, express that joy without it being seen as a, as a desire or, or uh, I'm lonely in this life and I wanna make connection with the person out there. When, when we're looking through our, um, our uh, Dharma eyes, we, we're just joyful that we're already connection. We're already connected. We're expressing that desire. Is that, I mean, I've just sort of tried to turn it, right, to reframe it into a kind of bodhisattva language. Yeah, I, I mean, I, that's how I And that, that can arise maybe as joy rather than as greed. Uh, 
so uh, uh, it's 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 worth pondering this this fine line between desire and uh, our feeling of wholeness, and so how do we relate to the people that we're already intimately connected? So so thank you for bringing that point up, and then finally. I want to be mindful of time. Finally, you know, Buddha's nourished with that yummy pudding. Um, Buddha has battled off um, physical and psychological temptations. And finally, he settles in to. Uh, uh, he, he's, he's under the Bodhi tree. He's starting to figure things out on those final days. He's seeing his past lives. He is, uh, he's working out dependent origination and the 12, the 12 um, link chain of dependent uh, arising. And um, He's seeing how things are connected and, and where he has to, to sort of go back on that chain so that he's not uh, consumed with birth, suffering, old age, and death. He, he keeps going back, back, back uh, and figuring out uh, dependent origination. And finally, he has his enlightenment. Uh, thus, monks, he's, uh, remember, he's telling the story of his, his life and his enlightenment to monks. Thus, monks, sure enough, he says, during the final station of night, just at the break of dawn, right at the time of the beating of the morning drum, the bodhisattva, the being, the good being, the supreme being, the great being, the ox among people, the elephant among people, the lion among people, the bull among people, the hero among people, the supreme beast of burden among people, the unexcelled charioteer. This person, me, finally reached unexcelled, perfect and complete awakening, attaining all knowledge. He did so through knowledge that consists of one pointed insight into everything that might be known, understood, realized, actualized, etc. Monks, then the divine son said, then, then I said to the people, everyone, let's scatter flowers. The blessed one has reached perfect awakening. And of course, the central part of our ceremony this evening, I hope you guys are able to tune in. Um, it's it, it's going to be on Zoom and probably CNN as well. Um, 
the flowers just everywhere. CNN's going to say, where did these flowers come from? Um, but uh, that's what we do in our ceremony because the, the Buddha, when he was fighting, said, everyone, let's, let us scatter flowers. I've reached perfect awakening. But just then, some of the, you know, the people that are keeping the forms, the divine sons, it's called here, who had seen Buddha's, you know, the ritual of becoming a Buddha before, um, said, uh, um, in the past, all before you became a Buddha, you, 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 you showed us a sign that you were really Buddha. Um, so don't toss flowers until you've seen the sign. And so the, the Tathagata um, uh, uh, ascended into the sky, this was his sign, to the height of seven palm trees. We've got some palm trees just up the street that are pretty tall, but we know how, how tall it was. And while seated there, he uttered this phrase of exaltation. He said, I finally reached the end of the path. Impurities have been extinguished. The outflows have dried up and flow no longer. The path now ended. I travel no, no longer. This is called the end of suffering. And then the divine son said, now we can throw the celestial flowers. And they, there were so many flowers that came down. It, it, it said it went up to everybody's knees this year. So we're not going to have that many flowers. But, um, but uh, Liz, uh, Liz says she has a few gallons of them. So, so help me, help me, you know, we've got this person in our Sangha who just collects flower petals because she knows that, that it's so important to our practice uh, every year. And she's bringing quarts and quarts and gallon buckets of, of, these, uh, of these flower petals. So, I, I, I salute you. You must have been one of these um, celestial, celestial sons that know all the rules. Celestial beings. Um, so, uh, so that is how the story of Buddha's enlightenment is explained in the, the full exposition, the play in full. And uh, with beautiful language and, and uh, great images. And of course, it's all a dream, but, we, but that dream points us towards awakening, awakening from this dream and, um, and experiencing that wholeness, that intimacy, that non-separation, that profound connection that is the reality of our lives. May this practice, may the practice of ceremony, may the practice of silent meditation stop all outflows 
and end all suffering for all eternity. Beings are numberless. I vow to save them. Delusions are inexhaustible. I vow to end them. Dharma gates are boundless. I vow to enter them. Buddha's way is unsurpassable. I vow to become and everybody's, everybody's got a chair? Yes, we're all going to have chant cards because all of us don't have it memorized. And these lights are great spotlights, so they're turned on the room. And um, so, so thank you all. Please, uh, please consider coming for an extra 25 minutes. And do uh, you have any questions? Okay. Um, and everyone has, did you have any announcements? Uh, no, it's just, it's going to be fragrant. Rose petals, lavender, rose leaves, Thank you. Oh, oh and, and, and if a couple of people could come at 4.30, to help set up the altar and the incense ordering. Another person or two to help set up. Just come at 4 30 if you can. I took out a bowl of your. Right, right. Okay. And then we'll have some nice food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and uh, uh, and then we'll just have a heat up water for two. We'll do two teas and one rice. And uh, we can have uh, we can have some uh, food on the. Uh, do you have it in there? Yeah, I got. I have. I'll put them in a bowl. Okay, do that. Do that. Okay. And then um, I'm going to come a little before the end of meditation. I'm going to meditate with my and I'll get the water ready. And uh, the food will be in bowl. And the panel will be in bowl. Yeah. It's not too late to call.